you're listening to Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is for the doers, dreamers, and makers of the world. For anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play, who struggles with creative blocks, or who's trying to figure out how to make a living while making art, I'm here to stumble through the madness by your side. Once you finish listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast. Leave a comment and tell a friend. It will really help me out. You can also join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group after the show and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ecppodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Creative People. I'm here with my guest, Natalia. And you know what? I always do this. <laughs> I didn't make sure that I knew how to pronounce your name right before we started. <laughs> okay. Cut! <laughs> and then you tell me if it's wrong. Natalia yeah. Zamperini. Yeah, perfect. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay, take <All> right. two. <laughs> so my guest today is Natalia Zamperini. And she was born in Argentina, but grew up in New York. Uh, and she's a henna artist, a fine artist, a muralist, graphic designer, and photographer doing all kinds of different things. Um, and one thing that I really loved about Natalia's work is that she's all about building up and empowering humanity through connection and unity and mm. infusing nature into her art. So I definitely want to talk more about those things with you as we go through this, this interview. But to start off with, can you tell me, are there any like key pieces of, of your intro that I missed? No, that was perfect. Cool. You said, actually, on your, I was looking at your website and it says that you started like uh, doing art and learning about before you even had a formal education. So like, what did that look like for you in your earliest years? Yeah. Um, so I remember that uh, when I was really young, uh, even before I started school, as an adult, I saw that my mother had saved all my drawings and the little doodles that everyone does when they're really young. Um, but it was really special to me because of the fact that they were saved. And I went down that path, just pure intuition of wanting to pursue art ever since I can remember. So those things really meant a lot to me. And I have been always trying to pursue art ever since I had the choice of, well, what do you want to study? What do you want to specialize in school? And that that question came about already all the way back in junior mm -hmm. high school. So I tried to get into the art program ever since then. And I remember in elementary school, like art was my favorite subject. So yeah. in junior high school, I tried to get into the art program. In high school, I specialized in the art program. And when I went into college, I specialized in the art program. And by art, I mean fine art which eventually turned into graphic design because that's what i saw the future was evolving into so mm. it was commercial art which encompasses graphic design and fine art and really finding the way in between those two mm. so really like uh it sounds like initially you were just sort of following your interest in art and then when you were in college you made a conscious decision to be like okay i need to make sure that this is 
a, a sort of strategic thing that will clearly direct me towards an income. So you dove into graphic design. Is that right? Right. Yeah. And, and even in high school, that decision had to be made. Mm -hmm. And I knew that art was my passion, but I didn't think that art would succeed. So I was in between like oceanography and (laughs) graphic design. And Mm. and I had a lot of encouragement to, okay, you know, go to graphic design. That's what's happening. And I did. And I ended up liking it because there were just as many fine art classes as there were computer. So, and I ended up really enjoying it and happy that I went with that instead of oceanography, because that (laughs) would have, uh, turned out to be a school that was way too far for me to go to every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So did you, I mean, I know in New York, there's a lot of, um, just like in the public school system when you're, Mm. you know, middle school and high school, um, that there's a lot of like specialty schools and depth programs in the arts. So is that what you were able to do? I did go to, I did apply to a school that had an art program, like uh, Mm -hmm. they called them shops. Okay. So I did go to a New York City public school in Queens, New York that did have the graphic arts program. Hmm. Wow. So, so yeah, so you really were like choosing graphic arts by the time that you started high school. Yeah. And it even helped me in my I remember it helped greatly in my first year of college where mm-hmm. I think I remember getting all A's because I had already learned those <laughs> programs in high right. school. So it was kind of a boring year to me. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> huh. So um, when you, how do you feel like your career has panned out in terms of like working in graphic design? Has it been sort of as you expected it would be when you were studying it in school? Not quite. And, and I think that with this, with this major and with this career path, a lot of what happens in school doesn't quite emulate the real world scenario. So when you go Mm -hmm. into these creative realms, you already need to have this very powerful portfolio and more so than the the degree, the paper, you need the experience. So if you didn't have an internship, mm. which I didn't, and an experience, which I only had like work study experience as work, sure. um, then you kind of would start out in very basic uh, entry level positions. Yeah. But what was interesting for me was that even though this is what I had pursued, there were two things that were happening for me. One was I still didn't believe in my capability to succeed as an artist because okay. just as many people had said You're, you should pursue art, there were just as many people who were saying you should pursue graphic design because art isn't going to succeed. And then yeah. I just had as many people also saying your art is not good. (laughs) So that was in my head. And then the other one was even after school, I didn't land the creative roles. I was always Mm -hmm. paralleling designers. So it took me nearly eight years or so to actually realize what am I doing with my life? (laughs) I'm not happy. I don't know why that wow. is. And I re- it took me a while to realize, oh, right, uh, I'm a creative and I need to be doing my art. This is the path that I went down in school and I need to actually be doing this. Because I would go 
corporate job after corporate job and then mm. even uh, leave the corporate setting, go into uh, free range, like school portrait photographer. Now, like F the cubicle. And then even <laughs> that just wasn't satisfying my soul. It was because I wasn't really creating. And yeah. I was always creating something or aiding the the bigger project on a non-creative level Mm, mm. so when you finally had that realization was there any was there something specific that happened that like pushed you over the edge of of like having that realization I think there were a few major uh changing points in my life that really did uh encourage me to ask the deeper questions and Hmm. one of them was actually uh I lost my mother to cancer and it really made me start mm-hmm. i remember it made me start asking like what what is the purpose of life because life was I'm too sure. short it was pulled way too short in my definition of like longevity and yeah. then i started getting this panic like oh my god life is too short uh i should be doing what makes me happy why am i not happy why am i here why yeah. am i here if life is so short how do I make it worth it? So mm. it was really losing her that actually pushed me even further into asking those questions again and again and again. And it got to a place where I went to an event, which led to another event, which led to a sudden epiphany like, oh my God, <laughs> all this time I realized it was my art that I should be doing. Why am I not doing that? Mm. And then that opened up a whole other vortex of realizations like wait it, it who told me i couldn't succeed as an artist that's a yeah. self-limited wall so then mm. it was all these things and starting to knock them down i realized wait i have a degree in this i should be using this i spent mm-hmm. all this money on this why am i why have i not been creating more so i i started really going down this road of everything that scared me i started actually meeting face to face and I said, wow. I, I, like, I was starting to use, I remember one time on, when I first joined Instagram, I used the hashtag, uh, I think it was fighting fears for life. Hmm. And it was really um, reflective of what had just happened with my own mother's life, but also for my own. And just, yeah. you know, the, when we fight the fears, we, we often build these huge monsters in these closets and we think they're going to kill us. Oh. But in reality, it's like you open the closet and you add light to that area. And it was just little, a little ant. Yeah. And so then oftentimes these things that, that we fear can actually kill us. But in reality, they aren't that big and we can actually gain a lot more from that. If not something beneficial, um, in regards to success, it's something that teaches us. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a really big part of it. And the other wow. one was no matter what job after college I had, which was usually they lasted two to three years each, I would get to those two or three years and be like, I'm really bored. I don't like being here. I want to dream of being outside. I hate this place. Yeah. So I started asking again and again, like, what is going on? Like, I can't find this, this career that I'm supposed to be dying with that everyone is telling me about. Where is that? Where is that feeling? Mm. So that, those kind of aided each other. They kind of started like really, it's kind of like little voices on your shoulders. They're like, what's going on over here? Well, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. So how, so once you, okay, so you had like these big sort of things that really pushed you over the edge. And when you finally woke up and said, okay, like this is ridiculous. I need to be doing my art. I'm clearly not happy. Um, what was that process like of, of going from these jobs that you were really unhappy in and like really not practicing your art to getting to a place where you are now, where you're doing all kinds of different things? Well, I do remember um, at the current position that I had, I was definitely requesting to be transferred to the creative roles and it hmm. wasn't, it wasn't uh, approved. But then okay. at the same time, the little portfolio that I had, I, I started in, like upgrading it and adding all my hmm. art to it, whatever I did have. Um, hmm. It was because I went to an art event that I realized oh my God, there are so many creators. There, some of them have amazing things. So it, it also inspired me to start creating more art again. And I started really getting involved in the art scene throughout New York City. Mm. And while I was still at that job, I would stay late every single day and utilize the programs that were in front of me and the computer and technology mm. that was in front of me to really upgrade my things and start applying to other jobs and finding other events and going to them and networking. So I remember those like probably it was about six months to a year of that. Like I need to get out of here, mm -hmm. but either I'm going to get out here. I'm going to get out of here first before they get rid of me, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I'm going to utilize this time to the best of my ability. Yeah. And I love that you were able to say, okay, this is something that I want. What are the resources that I have at my disposal right now? Like, how can I, even though I'm unhappy in this job, how can I make use of the things that I have access to while I'm here right. to help propel me forward into the place that I want to be? Because I think that's something that like, when people are unhappy in their work, like it's so, so often we overlook these things, like either we overlook the things that we do actually have access to that can help us move forward to where we want to go. Or if we're looking for new work, we're just sort of grasping for something. And we don't think about the fact that like, okay, maybe I'm not ready to get the kind of job that I really want to have, right? but I can find a job that can help me to like move towards the work that I want to have. So I love that like, you were like, okay, I have access to these like really expensive computer programs. Let me use them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I started realizing that like I, you know, I had access to all these free tutorials. So I said, why not improve my resume in regards mm. to what I know and what I can do since that passion all of a sudden started, it resurfaced and it was on fire. So it wasn't only helping me with that job but also everything I was doing like under the table, you know, and, yeah. and on the free time. So it, it, because I wanted to leave there, I was so motivated and had all mm. the fuel that I needed to say, I'm no longer going to stay stuck here because life is too short and I'm running yeah. out of time. It was that feeling like, oh my God, I wasted all this life. You know, I, I got out of school and I was doing all these jobs that I, wasn't unha I was unhappy with. And then to lose a parent like that and you see how, how delicate life really is and, and how fast it can be taken from you. And I realized um, I don't want to live any 
day further in my life doing something that I'm going to regret when I'm there, you know? Yeah. So it really, there were no more excuses. Mm. Um, they couldn't exist. It was going to happen. Even if my work sucked, I didn't care what anyone told me. It was just a matter I had to do because that's what made my heart happy. Yeah. That's what made, that would, uh, it's what allowed me to go to sleep every night. Mm. And what allowed me to actually start waking up to get to the job because I made every sort of excuse to get there later and later and later. And I realized, well, that's because I'm not happy there. It's mm -hmm. not because of the trains or rush hour, which we all know <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's so huge. And uh, yeah. Um, you know, so earlier you were saying um, that you had gone to an art event and you started sort of seeing what people were doing out there that was creative and that those things inspired you. I'm curious, like what, what are the kinds of things, like where do you go when you're seeking inspiration? Mm. Well, I, I think first and foremost, nature. <laughs> that is always the, the place that I, I find meaning. I find substance. I find faith and understanding mm. and it reflects, you know, like you said earlier, it reflects humans so much because we are those four elements anyway. Mm -hmm. So every I grew up a lot uh, going camping with my family. And I think ever since having that exposure as a young child, it's carried mm -hmm. on into my adulthood of how much I love nature. Hmm. And because my preferred um, type of art creation that I like to do is actually nature, like landscapes and flowers, whether painting or drawing them or photographing them or incorporating them into my, my designs. That's always what was my inspiration. It was nature. And yeah. then in the recent years, as I started realizing, oh wait, well, if you look at uh, the 12 months and you look into uh, astrology and the zodiacs and you go deeper and you see there's a an element to every sign and oh look there's four elements water earth air fire then I started realizing well let's look at nature how does water and fire work together so hmm. then if if nature as we see finds a way of living and coexisting amongst itself then shouldn't we too be able to do the same thing so then in a way it started turning into people become my inspiration hmm. because if I can translate that language that nature has with itself then I can do it the same way with people and and I realized it was much easier to get through to someone and to understand them and also to be understood if I looked at it in an element type of way yeah hmm. so yeah it, it turned into really nature and people are that inspiration for me yeah. more than anything else. Um, I do occasionally go to galleries. I, I guess as an artist, I should be going way more, but <laughs> <laughs> they don't always happen. Um, but I do. you know what? It's so interesting that you say that because I know multiple artists who are <laughs> constantly saying that. I should go to galleries more. I should go to forever more. And the fact of the matter is that like, I mean, isn't that the artist thing I, to do? <laughs> we just go to galleries. <laughs> and yes, when you go to galleries, I'm sure you'll see art that might inspire you. But I think the reality is that like artists seek inspiration in real life and galleries are yeah. real life. 
Yeah, I love I love going to the artist's studio. I like seeing the behind the scenes. Mm. I like hanging out with them and, and getting to know them. And then I see that's where, oh, that's their inspiration. So yeah. it becomes more like I'm the type of person that really likes the face-to-face, one-on-one um, encounter because it goes way beyond the surface. And, and I'm always seeking the depth of everything like why <laughs> why everything so when i get the opportunity to go and chat with someone or also go into their studio or even go and sit in nature then you start seeing that yeah the whole picture is gorgeous but what makes up that picture it's that little leaf it's that blade of grass It is the way that they strike the brush on the canvas. How did they start? Oh, that's their, that's what they did from the beginning. And those things to me really matter a lot more because yeah. everyone, and as we see, especially with the evolution of social media, we're posting that final end result. And mm -hmm. so often we forget it took all of this to get to where that is right now. Yeah. What about that? That is actually the important part. Yeah. That it takes time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love, I love YouTube because mm. people, there's a lot of artists showing their full process on YouTube. That's true. I think it's really cool. Um, and some, sometimes artists show their process and in Instagram as well, but it's a little bit more finite. Concise. Yeah. <laughs> there's limited time. And I guess that attributes also to our attention span lowering. But uh, definitely also, I, I would say that uh, social media is also a source of inspiration for me mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the people that I actually follow aren't really people that I know. They're actually artists. Yeah. So I'm always surrounding um, my eyes and my mind with something higher than myself. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that's the only way that I will grow and that mm -hmm. I get that inspiration because if I stay on what is extremely reflective of me, It, yeah. it only will keep me in this very comfortable box and this little circle. Mm -hmm. and, and there is no way to grow outside of that. So I need to see something like mind-blowing and to say, how the hell did they do that? I need to get there. So yeah. a lot of like what, I, what I seek out on social media, especially through Instagram, it's a great community uh, for art. Mm -hmm. um, I, I seek a lot of inspirational content there. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I want to just back up a minute. So, yeah. uh, when was it that you really started to realize, like, I am not happy here. I need to make some changes. Like what year? Uh, I think it was, I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> Cause I always kind of confuse which year it is since it's been so long. Um, <laughs> It had to be, I would say it was uh, right around December 2014. Okay. Just around that time, I would say. Yes. The early December 2014. It okay. was um, because I had already been unhappy with work. And right. then that was what I said. One event led to the next. So a friend of mine had said, 
hey, I want you to come to this event with me. And I said, sure, so long as you come to this other one with me after. <laughs> it was actually the combination of those two, hmm. unintentionally, that they both served as sparks to each other. Cool. And then from that point on, it was less than a year from when I realized I don't want to be here and to when those doors closed to open up many more for me. Hmm. And so when you... Uh, so that was only like three and a half years yeah. ago, I guess. Yeah, it's really not that, that long decision. ago. Um, and what does your life look like now? Like, so you went from this, like, uh, it sounds like nine to five office job that was not really creative. <laughs> um, what do things look like now? So after that job, um, I definitely went on the unemployment. And during unemployment, I was still seeking out all the creative uh, positions. But at the same time, I had more time to uh, go to more art events and create more art and do whatever work I needed to um, to survive <laughs> during that time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, <clears throat> when that ended, uh, I remember getting to that point in my life where I said okay well that's that little safety net is over what do I do now and I decided to jump even further off that ledge and go full force with my art and it was actually amazing because um the moment that it uh, ended and it opened up free range of what I do now with my work it allowed me to actually uh take clientele more legitimately so mm. i start i hope i remember i opened up my a square account so i was now able to take online transactions or credit cards things like okay. that at events that i was working at um thing like whatever I, you know declare it on the books and then the following year so that was a 2015 that it ended in 2016 I decided to go even a step further. I opened up my LLC um, mm. and that opened up the doors even further for me. I started getting contracted by uh, corporate companies and organizations that require people to actually have those, that, those, uh, those pieces, those documents to hire. Yeah. So I started doing that. I was working often with children um hmm. whether Doing babysitting like them or? teaching artists yeah okay. that was actually happening a lot um whether it was fine art i did a lot of that with the kids which was super cool and hmm. it kept growing even further and uh so that was 2016 that year went by great uh that, or 2017 i'm like confused on the years because <laughs> it feels like forever ago now that it got super busy um and after that when i when i opened up the llc i saw how many more doors opened up it started creating even more work for me mm. so it went from really being like doing whatever i could after work hours to doing what i needed to to survive and taking right. on a lot of odd jobs you know <laughs> like there i had no shame nor no 
you know, like, oh, I'm too good for that. It wasn't that if it was paid work, I did it because I knew that the money coming in from those kind of projects and those kind of jobs mm. were going to fuel me pursuing my art. That was my yeah. prerogative. That was what it was going to be. I did not want to go back to the cubicle. Like there was such a stubbornness in there, but that stubbornness was also fire to make this grow. Mm. And, and at the same time, In that time when I went to those events in 2014, um, the art of henna actually came into my life within that month. And I remember seeing it at one of those art events and I said, oh yeah, just like my art. I remember how to do that. I don't know why I stopped it either. And so I started doing that as well. So while I was showing the world, hey, I'm an artist, I paint, I draw, I do graphic design, then I also realized, wait, I'm also a henna artist, everyone. Look, I can do this. <laughs> and <clears throat> if you look back to those three, four years ago, to where it is now, the fact that I stayed with it consistently and, and uh, almost yeah. aggressively, there is tremendous growth. Hmm. And it's only because I stuck with it. So otherwise, if you do not, st if you do not practice something, just like working out, if you do not train your muscles, mm -hmm. you will not grow. You will yeah. not grow. So you mean growth in terms of um, your level of artistry? Yes. Cool. But I would say numerous levels of growth because yeah. while it was, while it was um, improving my technical skills um, mm -hmm. with my art, it was also making me grow internally mm. and emotionally and spiritually. Like it was all mm. happening at the same time. You know, all wow. of a sudden I, I started seeing that my mother's spirit was very much uh, watching over me and mm. and i pay attention a lot to the details so i started seeing these little things that were too ironic for coincidence so i, I started saying wait like <clears throat> i have to actually follow my art because when i follow my heart which is both they're connected uh -huh. then i started seeing these signs and then that's why all these magical things were happening for me. I think it's the moment that you honor your spirit, mm. you, the universe will really conspire to make these things work for you. But you just have to say that this is what I want. Yeah. Mm. So the moment that you made that decision and you made that statement and said, this is what I want, things started moving forward. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. more than, than I wanted to admit because I think I was mm. skeptical for that first year after being let go like the following year January 1st that whole year I was moving very nervously like one was I don't want to go back to corporate and I need to do this but it's still growing and yeah. I'm not sure in my capability to succeed so I don't know what I'm doing, but I have to do it. It feels right. So yeah. then all those times with all the skepticism, it, nonetheless, like, oh, look, an opportunity presented itself. Oh, another one, another <laughs> one. And then again, that next leap, like um, it either was probably 20, I think it was 2016 or 2017, the beginning of the year. I'm trying to look. But um In the, that beginning of that year, I remember feeling, okay, well, I got this far. Let's keep on growing. And it was, again, it was like very nerve-wracking because in school, they don't teach you 
about working for yourself. They don't teach you about what it means to own your own business. You kind of get drilled to go to work, uh, you graduate, you get your degree and you apply for a corporate job and that is your career until your dying day and you're going to have a white picket fence around your house and like 700 <laughs> children. That wasn't what was um, for, like uh, the idea for me. It wasn't my dream. So yeah. I, I kept on trying to find my definition to what uh, career and my future meant. So things like opening up an LLC were extremely nerve wracking to me because I didn't know what that meant in regards to taxes. Yep. So during all that time, I knew as much as I didn't know, one of those fears that I overcame was asking questions. Ask what you do not know. Yes. I started hunting everyone down. If, <laughs> if I saw that they inspired me and they were doing something that I wanted to, that I was like, oh my God, that's where I want to be. Whether I knew them or not, I would reach out personally, uh, you know, on the DM or I would message them directly, make meetings with my friends and, and really start saying, well, okay, what, uh, what do you report? Uh, how do you do this? Uh, what do you tax? Um, what, what happens when it's fine art versus digital versus henna? How do I do it with each one of these? Because mm. I don't want to go back to corporate. So <laughs> it was like, I need to find the way because I'm not going back. <laughs> and then with each of those and a lot of like online research, Google is the most vast like resource <laughs> it's amazing i don't understand why we don't use it more you know yeah so i would if if there was too much information and it was confusing me i definitely went to the to my mentors and my friends and colleagues mm. but if not then i was finding a lot of information online so it was when people ask me like how did you learn henna it's not only from the handful of friends that have exposed me to it from the from 10 years ago and when I saw it as a child, but also the endless hours that I spent on YouTube. <laughs> and so, so it's true. Like, it, and I, I'm a lefty. So I was looking oh. at all these videos and reversing what they were doing to wow. understand it myself. Wow. That's dedication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So in this process, what would you say has been the most challenging thing? Mm. I, I think a lot of, um, I, I do speak about this often. It was actually uh, trying to get the support of uh, family um, in the transition, you know, to say, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what makes me happy. This is what makes me want to wake up every day. And it makes me feel good going to sleep at night. Um, there was a lot of resistance because like I said, we're all taught that we have to go to school, graduate, and get a degree, get a corporate job. So most of, well, I would say right now, um, a lot of my friends and colleagues relate to this statement, which is, I am of an immigrant family. So this is what we were taught. This is, you know, America is the land of opportunity. And this is what you must do in order to, to become successful. So if this is what has been taught to each one of us, then me pursuing art was something very risky. 
Mm. And in that risk, and I think even behind the scenes, um, you know, behind the Instagram photo that I would put up, <laughs> there was a lot of that sacrifice and struggle and the transition of how, what are my work hours and all these things. My family and close friends saw that most. So I, I did get a lot of like, well, why don't you try to look up, look for another job in the meantime and do this on the side? And I said, no. That's not what I want to do. I can't do that because then I feel like I've already wasted all these years and that's only going to take me away from mm. it further. Mm. So it was a lot of um, kind of like resistance, like on both ends, like pushing back and pushing back on both ends. Like uh, this, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> you're ridiculous for doing this, but also no, I need to do this or I'm crazy for not doing it. Mm. So I, I think there was the support there. Um, even clients that I would meet up with and I, I still to this day get this question, but now I have this amazing confidence to answer with a smile. They would ask me, what else do you do? What's your real job? <laughs> and at first I said, nothing else at the moment. This is it. And you know, it's, it's hard and I'm trying to make it happen and blah, blah, blah. And I was overextending myself, you know, going to the Bronx from Queens, New York for a small henna appointment that was $20. And at the end of a total of five to six hours, I realized I made like less than $5 an hour. And I was like, wow. what the hell? I have to change something there. Yeah. But now getting to a place where I'm getting contracted by the Museum of Modern Art and Lord wow. & Taylor and all these other stores and hmm. doing the most amazing private parties where I can say, this, this is my full-time job. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. I get to do what I want every day. And I say it with such a smile and it's, I, I need to say that because one time there was a client that I had and her daughter was with her and she had to be a young teenager. And when I got asked that question, what do you really do? And I said this, she's like, you can't do that. that that's not going to like do A, B, C, and D. And it hurt me so deeply mm. because I remember being that age and being told those things. And it took me nearly 30 years of my life wow. to say, no, this is what actually makes my heart happy. And it is other people who have told me that I couldn't do it. Mm. And only when I got out of that corporate world was when I started meeting successful business owners. I started realizing, wait, there's actually workers in other realms of corporate. Look at a restaurant, <laughs> look mm. at the museum look at uh, musicians, look at videographers, et cetera, et cetera. So I started realizing there is work all over. It's just that we don't think that when we're in our own little bubble. Yeah. Mm. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, wow. it's like, it, and I, I have so many stories of that. So many people are always telling me, you know, um, so don't you think about your future and all these things? But then why do places like museums actually exist? And don't we realize that art is, is all around us anyway? Because art isn't only putting a, a paintbrush to a canvas. Art is, is, is like the culinary arts. It's movies. It's music. It's math. It's science. It's medicine. Art is really using our imagination to create something, to create a solution or to find, like, to expose a problem. It's to find healing. Mm. So it's everywhere. So 
when we look at an, an artist, so many of us have been taught artists cannot do this for real. This is not a real job. But in reality, it's everywhere. It is everywhere because it's architecture too. Yeah. It's in fashion. It's our clothing that we wear. It's the homes that we live in, the cars that we want to drive, the sneakers that we want to get just to look cool. Mm-hmm. It's, re- it's like the food that we're going to Instagram later. <laughs> <laughs> it's, our, it's our new phones. It's our headsets. It's everything. It's everything. It's just that we aren't giving the importance or the respect that it deserves. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're not giving it the respect that it deserves is because not many people have been taught the business side of art. Yes. And that is really why I've grown the way that I have, because I asked the business questions. Mm. And, and those are the parts that I just did not really know the answers to. I didn't have, you know, many business classes in college. I didn't have that internship where I got exposed to the business side of it earlier. I remember in high school, I think it was the, the economics class, we got taught how to write a check. But we weren't taught like how to do our own taxes and all these things. So there's so many things that you would think like in your mid to late 20s, you should be able to do this. But no, you, you're told, go to your accountant, give them your W-2. Yeah. But what happens now when I'm a freelancer and I work for myself and all oh, of a sudden I have an LLC, I'm a business owner. <laughs> how the hell do I do this? What are my benefits? What are my write-offs? How can I actually get funding? There's infinite sources of funding, but if you don't research and you don't learn the business side of it, you won't really know. And then you'll just be a hobbyist. And that's what so many people see an artist. They think this is just a hobby. Mm. Mm. So what, okay, besides Google, Mm -hmm. besides your friends, what have you found to be your best resources for finding the answers to those kinds of questions? Um, besides those two, <laughs> <laughs> or are oh, I did. Um, I did go to a couple of seminars. I remember, I I did attend a couple of seminars. Um, like, I, I believe it was at WeWork. Okay. So I I remember looking up uh, events at WeWork and kind of like taxes as freelancers mm. things like that opening your own business even the the new york city um programs they have a lot of workshops and seminars mm-hmm. i looked at those up too so eventbrite served as a resource for that okay. facebook served like there's a lot of groups on uh, a lot of groups for freelancers and and artists so if you spend the time reading there's a lot there um I'm not one to really go heavily into libraries, but I remember getting a book one time. I did a photo shoot for a friend and we went and found a henna section. So I remember uh, going into the books there and, and reading a little bit more, um, asking, asking like people how on to social media, or? how to get better at henna, the business side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Google leads you to mm-hmm. all these other areas. So obviously that's the, that's the source, but it branches out. So it takes yeah. you many other places. Um, and even just, if it even meant like sometimes randomly sitting in stores and trying to understand, well, how does this store function? And how did my prior company function? 
there are a bajillion employees, but there is one person who branches out to this and does this and this. How do they work? How do they market? How do they advertise? And how do they get their business? How do they make their profit? So it was all these things. I was starting to just like take a lot of time and really go within myself and, and allow my brain to utilize its creativity <laughs> into solving the this plague of hobbyism versus career. Yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> because people, we, we are creative in so many different areas of our lives that we just don't give ourselves credit for. So I love yeah. that you're able to sort of link them all together. Like even yeah, I really think that your life, like there's creativity being practiced there. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, like even art is medicine medicine and science and math i yeah. think honestly creativity is problem solving it's like when you look at a child yes. playing and they're using their imagination they're building these like castles out of boxes so they're mm. finding this is what i have available to me this mm -hmm. is what i'm going to make out of it <laughs> and that's all within that's within the mind that's within the heart and their their body and their hand their 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 being but at the same time, they're creating something. They're creating a solution to what life gives them. Yes. So in a sense, it's, you can also look at it, it's problem solving. Right, right. It's like when that whole, that old saying, like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Exactly. <laughs> like, we have to think why, why have all these little cliche quotes been made? I mean, someone right? had an epiphany. was like, Oh my God, these lemonades <laughs> in my hand. I get it now. <laughs> Sudden optimism. That's right. <laughs> Well, Matthew, it's been such a great um, conversation having you on the on the show. If people want to find you and find your work, where can they go to find you? Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I'm honored to be you know be interviewed now because I remember I never imagined getting where I would be today. So it's an honor. Mm. Um, but if if anyone wants to find my work, I am on pretty much all social media outlets um, under the, the alter ego name of <laughs> Nati by Nature. It's N-A-T-Y by Nature. And I have uh, my website.com and uh, also henna by Nati.com. So it's wow. on Instagram, it's on Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. um, I'm on Yelp as well. Uh, right. You can Google my name. Uh, it's everywhere. And it's a very intentional. I want to get into your home. That's <laughs> what you have to do. It's that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. that business mindset. <laughs> yep. That's great. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Nadia. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Creative People. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook at Dina Adrian's Coaching and join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. See you again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel.